0: And that's, that's, that's a little powerful statement right there. So um, let me read it to you again. We are the very children of God. And when we realize all the creative power that God has is ours. So when did it become ours? The moment of salvation, all of that became ours. Then all those things we thought were impossible. How many had impossible situations in your life? And we thought they were totally impossible. And maybe you're going through something right now where you think it's totally impossible. How could God ever bring those things to pass in my life? But when we know who we are and we know that creative power works on the inside of us, what was impossible now becomes simple for you and I. Say me it now becomes simple. Okay. So Veronica had a message a couple weeks ago um, where she said that we have a weapon. And that weapon is peace. I went back and I listened to her on Podbean. It was powerful. And in Isaiah 26, verse 3, and this is not in your notes, it says that um, God will keep us in perfect peace whose minds are steadfast, right? Say Stead, steadfast. Because they trust in God. So he will keep us in perfect peace when we're steadfast in trusting in the Lord. So we have to be able to take the word of God and grab a hold of it and walk with it and know that God's perfect peace is our minds are stayed on him. We will walk in that Shekinah glory. We will walk in that shalom of God. Amen. Amen. All right. So number one. So here's some things that maybe we do or we don't do. So do we believe? ask yourself that question do I believe do I believe so then I would say to you stop trying to believe and act on God's Word that's believing okay so if we really believe in God we will act on God's Word right so stop trying to believe but act on God's Word that's believing right so in other words you wake up, and I, I sound like a broken record sometimes, but you wake up in the morning and you're, you lay there in the bed for a minute and you say, good morning, God, or however you introduce yourself to the Lord when you open up your eyes in the morning. But then you go to get out of the bed and you're heading to the, heading to the bathroom and you feel a pain in your lower back. And you put your hand on your lower back. And you walk into the bathroom, right? And, then you're, you're, and th- then you're using the bathroom thinking, oh, man, what did I do to my back during the middle of the night? I must have slept wrong. Well, immediately you're giving way to the symptom in your back, right? So rather, when you wake up and you have that pain, you say, wait a minute, that pain doesn't belong to me. So I speak healing to that pain right now in the name of Jesus. You've got to go because I'm a blood-bought child of the redeemed. And so therefore, sickness and disease, pain and agony cannot live and dwell in my body. Amen. Okay, That make sense. Okay. So do we believe if you do, then stop trying to believe God and act on his word. So I want you to act on God's word. That's believing. Amen. Number two, do we confess something that's not in God's word? How many ever confessed something that's not in God's word? Okay. When you speak, be sure it lines up with the word of God. So be sure your confession, that's your next fill-in and number two. So be sure that your confession does not contradict God's word. And that's really important. So if you're believing the Lord for healing, make sure that doesn't contradict the word of God. Make sure that you grab a hold of a promise of God and you're speaking that promise. Don't say I'm healed today, but before you go to bed at night, you oh, I hope God heals me. I certainly had that pain today. So immediately you're contradicting what you were believing for earlier in the day. And we we do that often. We find ourselves doing that because we live in a perplexing world and we have lots of things coming at us from every direction. So be sure your confession does not contradict God's word. Agree with God's word no matter how you feel or what the symptoms in your body are telling you. And that's important too to understand. So agree with god's word no matter how you feel or what the symptoms are in your that your body is telling you and you remember that i hurt my foot this was a few years back 2019 i was running and and i i stepped down hard on my foot and my my three toes next to my big toe got all swollen. And I wore a boot for a little while. And um, I bought all kinds of shoes to try to pamper this foot. And I was like walking three miles a day with my dog. And um, I had slowed down to a mile. And then I slowed down to a half a mile. and um, And I was constantly trying to put my feet into something that would elevate that foot so that I wouldn't be in pain when I would walk on my foot. And so, and I was speaking healing and believing God for healing. And then one day God said to me really plainly, Kimberly, when you stop complaining, you're not going to have the pain in your foot anymore. And I thought, oh goodness, I was immediately rebuked. How was, the Lord ever talk to you that way? He talks to me that way a lot. And so the moment I stopped complaining, guess what? I'm walking. I'm, I'm, my, my feet were made for walking. and That's just what I'm going to do, right? So now I've walked right out of that, right out of that pain. And so I was confessing out of one, mouth, one side of my mouth that I'm healed. And then I was pampering that symptom that I was having with all these kinds of shoes that I bought. I've, I've since give them, given them away. But I spent a lot of money trying to figure out how to make this foot not be in pain. Amen okay so we want to make sure that we agree with god's word no matter how you feel or what your symptoms in your body may be telling you and proverbs 4 i'll go there real quick that's not in your notes either proverbs 4 i just want to read this to you and i want to read you what's in my in the hebrew here proverbs 4 starting at verse 20 it says my son give attention to my words incline your ears to my saying do not let them depart from your eyes Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. And then this is what I really love in in verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. And so out of one mouth, I was saying I'm healed. Out of the other side, I was saying I got to take care of this foot. I got to pamper this foot. I can't walk three miles anymore. I can only walk a mile. Well, I'm going to work up to a mile and a half. And I was literally babying this foot. Listen to what the Hebrew says here in verse 23. And Pastor Tim, you're going to love this. So it says in Hebrew, the heart is the location of knowledge and also the pre-conscious source of decisions. Your heart is who you are, the true you that directs all your thoughts and emotions. You can educate your heart. Proverbs 24, verse 32 states, consciously form and modify a worldview with your heart after which decisions and actions flow from it. This education can be worldly, carried out by yourself, or it can be godly, carried out by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? So lining your heart up, lining your mind up with the word of God, when you plant the word of God in, when you take that seed in and you meditate on the word of God, it literally becomes who you are. Then out of the issues of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. So I had some work to do. I had some work to do on my heart when I was speaking one thing and acting and doing another. Right. So we got to stop trying to believe and act upon God's word. That's believing. Amen. Does that make sense? All right. So number three, do you rely on someone else's faith? How many's ever relied on somebody else's faith? If I can just get that prophet to pray for me, Or if I can just go over there and get that man or woman to pray for me, they're used in healing. And if I can just do that, then I'm going to receive from God, right? So sometimes we yield ourselves to someone else's faith when God wants us to have ours. Okay, so do you rely on someone else's faith? That's your feeling. You have faith. You're a believer. God has given you faith. Romans 12 and verse 3 says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Amen. So I'm not saying you can't go off to that healing evangelist. You can. But don't rely on their faith. You already have all the faith that you'll ever need, and it's the faith of Christ living and dwelling on the inside of you. Amen. All you need to do is speak the word of God and believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, and you'll be healed. Amen. Okay. So, number four do we or do we not talk about unbelief? Don't talk doubt. That's your feeling. And unbelief. Speak the word and you will see it happen. Well, how long do you got to speak the word, Kimberly? Every day. <laughs> every single day. You speak the word every single day and you will see the word happen in your life. How long will that be? I don't know. But God watches over his word to perform it. And he has that requirement of us is that we speak his word. Amen. And that we hide it within our heart. So don't allow the enemy to get a foothold. Be steadfast in your testimony before the Lord. So be steadfast in him, Gregory. When you're holding on to something, remain there. Remain there and continue to speak the word until you see it manifest in your life. And you'll see it manifest because the Bible says in Psalms that God is not a liar. It says, let every man be a liar, but let God be the truth. So he's the truth. And he's the one that spoiled all principality, all powers and all ruleness, all the spiritual wickedness in high places. God is the one that went down and did that for you, that you and I could walk free in him today. Amen. So he conquered everything for you and I. So how long do we speak the word? We speak the word until we begin to see the word happen, and then we continue to speak the word. Amen. And before you know it, you're going to see your healing. Before I knew it, when I stopped complaining out of one mouth and believing out of the other, my foot didn't hurt me anymore. So I thought, oh. Wow, Lord, you healed my foot, right? I was already healed, but I was complaining. And when I was complaining, it was giving glory to the devil. Because when we complain and we walk in unbelief, we give glory to Satan. We don't give glory to God in that way. So we give glory to God when we speak his word. And when we speak his word and we decree and declare who he is and who we are, the devil has to flee from us. It says in John 10.10 10, that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his plan. And so he comes to do that, and if we yield to that, Lisa, then we have that, and we continue to magnify him. I don't want to magnify him. I don't want to give him one second of one breath that comes out of my mouth. I want to speak what the Word of God says, and the Word of God says that I am already healed. It already belongs to me. Whether my symptoms in my body are telling me something, they might, might be telling me one thing because the enemy wants to come and he wants to thwart you and he wants to pull you away and get you into unbelief. And if he gets you into unbelief, then he's got you in a snare. Right? But the Bible says that we've been freed from the snare of the fowler hallelujah we've been captured out captured out of that fear right so we've been captured away from that fowler right which is the enemy who comes to kill steal and destroy but if we would speak god's word it's that simple yet we make it that hard right we make it difficult because we fail many times in our life to pick up the word of god and begin to read it amen say with me i need to read read. the the word of god all right Okay, so where was I? Revelation 12, verse 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not lie, love their lives even unto death. So you overcome by the word of your testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. You know, we prayed for a woman this morning, and um, I was reminded of Nahum 1 and verse 9, where it says, That this affliction shall not come upon you a second time. You know, and sometimes we'll get sick or we'll come down with something, and then. We get it again, and then we get it again. But there's, how many know there's a remedy for everything in the Word of God? And so I was attacked like that one time, and Pastor Dave gave me that scripture. And he says, he says Kimberly, this affliction will not come on you a second time. I said, where is that? <laughs> and so he took me to Nahum, and I read that. And so I quote that scripture often, and I remind the devil that I'm already the healed of the Lord, and you cannot come and afflict me a second time. It's not allowed unless I allow it right? So I don't, yeah, so I don't want to get, I don't want to get into unbelief, right? So we get into unbelief, that's what we're giving glory and power to the enemy, and we don't want to give him that glory and power, amen? Okay, so the Bible says, and this is not in your notes either, but you might want to write this one down, Psalm 119 verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet, and it's a light to my path so god's word lights up your path and keeps his plan flowing in our life so if you want to stop the plan of god stop letting the light shine you want to stay in the plan of god get into the word of god and allow it to be the lamp to your feet amen so you've got to allow it so therefore you got to get into it got to get into the word of god i remember when years ago must have been, I think it was before Tasha was born. And um, I remember a prophet had come into the house and he talked about the authority of the believer. And you've probably heard this testimony before. But he said that if you want to really know your authority in God, you need to get into the epistles. Well, you need to get into Ephesians and Galatians and Colossians. And um, you need to read there and meditate there. And so I found myself reading and studying. And I had this in my heart i want to be just like him (laughs) so i remember saying that out of my mouth i said that he's got something that i don't have and i told my mom and a couple leaders in the church i said he's a prophet but he's got something that i don't have he's got something about the authority of the believer that i don't i don't know that I've never heard anyone preach that way before. I never had anyone to tell me to meditate on the Word of God because that was like taboo. That was like Eastern meditation. You don't do that, you know. That's some kind of far-out, crazy, mystic stuff, you know. And so... In the in the church, I just I strayed away from that because how many you know you become who you you become who you hang out with. So I was hanging out with all those kind of people, and so I was thinking like those people, and it's called stinking thinking. I love those people, but they you know we destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so as I began to seek the Lord, and I began to open up the Book of Ephesians, and I began to open up Galatians and Colossians, I began to find out who I was and what Christ did for me, and I began to find out the, the grace of God. And so I was, we moved, my husband was transferred to Fort Bragg. Well, he had two, he could have gone to Kentucky to the big red, um, or he could go to Fort Bragg and he chose to go to Fort Bragg. So we moved to Fort Bragg and um, I was in looking for churches and I had called the 700 club and I'd asked them uh, for a recommendation for a couple churches. And they gave me two assembly of God churches. And then they gave me another church, faithful community church and any one of those, Three, our spirit filled and believe in the word of God, and so okay, because that was my prerequisite. I gotta find some place where they're teaching like that prophet. <laughs> I gotta find some place like that, you know, and um. So I remember I called the churches, and then I I had called. um, I didn't like the two first responses I got, but then when I called Fayetteville Community Church, one of the sons answered the phone. His name is Wesley. And he answered the phone, and I told him who I was, and I told him about my children, and that I was new to the area, and that the 700 Club had recommended them, and that I needed directions to his church. And back in those days, we didn't have GPS back then, and we didn't have cell phones so I could call somebody. So if I got lost, and he said to me, he says, listen, he said, listen, Sister Kim, he said, if you get lost, You just pull over and call us, and we'll come get you with the church van. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go to that church, right? So, and sure enough, I got lost. Sure enough, I got lost. I got down on the All-American Highway in Fayetteville, and I had missed the intersection where I was supposed to turn to. Then I'm at the intersection, and there I am, and there's this little green car on the other side of the intersection. And so, and I was just a brand-new baby in the Lord, and um, I was learning my authority, learning to hear from God. And that was an exciting time in my life. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, follow the little green car. And I looked over across the intersection. I saw this little green car. And I said, follow the little green car. I looked back at my kids and I thought, follow the little green car. And then he said it to me again, follow the little green car. So I said, okay. And she had her signal light on to turn left. So I followed the little green car. And I said, okay, Lord, I am believing this is you. Because I don't hear from you often, but I know that... Satan didn't tell me to follow a little green car. It must be you telling me to follow a little green car. And so I remember Wesley said, as soon as you go over the Cape Fear Valley Bridge, you'll see our church sitting over on the right-hand side of the road sure enough the little green car went over the Cape Fear Valley Bridge I was like shouting in my car because it was like really the first time I audibly like heard God speak to me and so there it was Fayetteville Community Church and I pulled into the church and by the time I got my three kids because remember they were four two and baby so by the time I got them out of the vehicle to get them into the church whoever the driver was the little lady that was driving the car I didn't know where she went to she'd gone into the big church so I got in there and put my kids into the nursery, and this couple comes up to me in the church a couple weeks later and says to me, I know you're new in the church, but we've got something for you. If you'll, if you'll take it from us, we want you to have it. And they handed me a series, four cassette series on the authority of the believer by Kenneth Hagin. I about lost my mind right? I mean I started to cry and they they I couldn't tell the whole story you know but i thought, oh God, you're gonna give to me what the man had right what he had because I asked you right seek and you'll find knock and it shall be added unto you and so and keep asking and so I kept quoting that as I was reading the Ephesians and Galatians and Colossians Lord I got to have what he has he has something that I don't have and I knew it had something to do with the authority of the believer man I I could have done a Holy Ghost jig right there in the middle of that place, right? So I went home with that. So you got to get a hunger in your heart for the Word of God, right? So it starts there. It starts with, God, I need to know your Word. I need to know how to stand on it. I need to know how to apply it to my life. I need to understand my authority that I have. And so I took all four of those cassette tapes, and you know this, I wrote them all down. So I have all four Bible studies to this day handwritten out. And several times in my life since that day, I go back and I read what Kenneth Hagin had to say about the authority of the believer. And guess what? I caught what that man had. So we can get it. Say with me, I can get it it. if we apply it. All right, so it's a lamp unto our feet. It lights our path, and the moment we allow it to light our path, his plan and his purpose in our life begins to unfold in our lives. Amen? All right, so number five, do you or do you not talk about sickness and pains? <laughs> start talking about your healing. Have a good day, Gregory. Bless you. So start talking about your healing. that you're feeling there. When we talk about sickness, and I already said this, we magnify the author of sickness. So you have to understand that Jesus Christ is not the author of sickness. Say that with me. Jesus Christ is not the author of sickness. Okay, so we got to get that in our stinking thinking. we got to get that down deep on the inside of us. So start talking about your healing. So start giving glory to God. So um, when we talk about sickness, we magnify the author of sickness. So that's your next fill in there. Make the devil listen to the word of God. Make him listen to it. Speak the word. The devil's not going to hear it unless you speak it. So you have to speak the word of God and sing praise during the storm. So when you're speaking the word of God and you're praising during the storm, he hears the word of God. Everyone hears the word of God because then your actions line up with what you're speaking. So if you're speaking healing, your action lines up with it. If you're believing for someone in your family to be saved, then your actions line up with that, right? So when I was believing for my daughter to come back to the Lord, my actions eventually got into the word. (laughs) And when my actions got into the word, I didn't care what she said. I didn't care what she believed. I didn't care what I saw. I didn't care if I found an atheist book in the house. I didn't care. I didn't care what I saw with my natural eye because I knew that wasn't real. I knew what I was confessing was more real. And she's going to serve Jesus Christ all the days of her life. And she's going to walk in the plan and the purposes of God. And she's going to raise my grandchildren to love the Lord. And that's what she's going to do. And so I refuse to see anything else. So that's being determined. That's your actions lining up with your words. We believe it no matter what we see. Say with me, I believe it no matter what we see. Okay, so here's your next fill in for number five. When you talk victory and the promise of God, the devil will leave. Okay, so you got to get that in your knower. So when we talk victory and the promise of God, the devil will leave. All right, so remember, John 10.10 says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And in John 8, verse 44, it says that he's the father of lies, and he can only lie within his own resources. And the only way the devil can lie to you and I right now is he can come into our mind gate and lie. Because Jesus Christ already made a a show of it openly over in Colossians 2. Let's go there real quick. I'll read that to you. Colossians 2. I'm going to read you what happened that day. All right, hold on. Look to your neighbor and say, I need this today. I need this today. today. All right, Colossians 2. Let's see. All right, so I'm going to start in verse 13. And you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made you alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. Say, that's me. He's forgiven everything. Having wiped out the handwriting and requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he's taken it out of the way and having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or drink regarding the Feast of the Moon or Sabbath. I'm going to go down a little bit further. Um, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which concern the things that perish. So Jesus Christ already made an open show of it. So when he went down, and I've shared this before, Andrew Wormack talks about it really good in Colossians. He talks about back in the Roman days when there was an old law. They would take the old law off the, the center post in the town, and they would nail the new law. To the, to the post. So everyone in the village, in that town, in that empire would know that there was a new law. The old had been done and the new law had come by nailing it into the post. And so when they caught a captive, so they caught an enemy, they would literally make a, a display, a parade of that enemy. And they would parade that enemy through the streets. So all the people in that Roman empire would see that that person, that thief or that murderer, whoever he was, or could not come after them again. And they would literally, back in those days, it's pretty gross, but they would cut off the thumbs and they would cut off the toes. And so now this person couldn't shoot arrows, couldn't come after you again, and they had to show this publicly to the people so they wouldn't be fearful, so they wouldn't know that this the person could come after them. And then they would literally drag that person down through the street. And they had to drag him because the person could no longer walk. So now he can no longer come against you, kick you or beat you, run after you or chase you, and he could no longer throw those darts at you. Jesus Christ did the same thing. He went down into the pits of hell and he made a display openly, openly in front of all the cohorts of heaven and did the same exact thing, triumphing over it in it. So he did that same thing. So now the enemy cannot come after you. He can't chase after you. He can't throw arrows at you. He can't run after you because he's got nothing. The only thing he can do is lie within his own resources. John chapter 8 verse 44. He's the father of lies. And so the only thing he can do is come into your mind gate and get you into unbelief. And, that, and unbelief comes by speaking it. So when you speak unbelief, oh, maybe the Lord will heal me today. Or maybe I'll get better tomorrow. Or maybe I'll get a better night's sleep tonight and I'll feel better tomorrow. Or maybe this migraine headache will go, but maybe I should take some Advil to get it to go. You know, And so we pamper the sickness and we pamper that and we, we start confessing unbelief rather than believing in God. Does that make sense? And every single one of us have been there at one time or one point in our life. Every single one of us, right? But thank God for Jesus. <laughs> thank God for Jesus and his grace. Hallelujah. That he can walk us through the storm. And we can speak his word and we can believe and we can trust in him. And we can run this race and we can be steadfast with him. Unmovable and unshakable. In the, in the very hour that we're living in. Amen. That makes sense? All right. So let's go back to where I was. Let's see. So the devil uh, in Matthew four, verse 11, the devil left Jesus after he spoke for it's written. Now, you know, the story, the enemy came and he um, tried to deceive Jesus, but Jesus came and he said, for it's written, Jesus spoke what the father said. So you, you shall worship the Lord, your God, and him only shall you serve. We defeat the devil the same way the same way jesus defeated the devil when he said it's written that you should only love the lord your god and worship him alone when we speak the word of god and say devil it is written I have already been healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. The stripes that he bore on his body, one drop of blood was enough. One was enough for me, and I am already the healed of the Lord. I don't care what my symptoms say. I don't care how I feel today. I'm not moved by my feelings. I'm moved by the word of God. Hallelujah. Because at the end of the day... He's the author and the finisher of his word. I am the alpha, the omega, the beginning, and the end. Amen? And he's our final authority on everything that we do. Does that make sense? All right. So we defeat the devil in the same way Jesus did. So number six, don't do as Thomas did. Now, remember the story of Thomas. He doubted Jesus. (laughs) He doubted the very resurrection of Christ. He was with Jesus, and he doubted the very resurrection. I can only imagine how that would have made jesus feel at that point but we must not have unbelief in the redemption work of christ and here's a quote from tl osborne and i love this quote he says your attitude toward the substitutionary death of christ must be since he bore my diseases i am healed so that must be our confession no matter what the doctor says No matter how you feel, no matter if Aunt Susie had it and Uncle Bill, no matter if my grandmother or my grandfather had it, and that's how they died, it doesn't matter what your generation line tells you. It doesn't matter what your circumstances tell us. It doesn't matter what the devil whispers in my ear in the night hour. It doesn't matter. I believe that I am already healed. Amen? He took my diseases once. He's not going to come back and do it again. He's not going to come back on the cross again. He did it one time for you and I. Amen? And so we believe. And when we believe, we act like we believe. Amen? Okay. (laughs) All right. So number seven, don't talk about what you cannot do. Don't speak failure. You are a child of God and you can do all things in him. So don't talk about the failure. And I got caught up in that. I was talking failure because I can't walk three miles anymore. My foot hurts. <laughs> I can't walk that much anymore, man. I'm putting on a little bit of weight. You can tell I've not been walking. Lord, I can't walk that three miles. Wait a second. And I had this all this crazy stuff going out of my brain, and I knew I'm the heel of the Lord, but yet in my heart there was something in there that hadn't been settled in my heart. And so when the Lord had to rebuke me and said to me, "When you stop complaining." You're going to go ahead and see your healing, Kimberly. Okay. So I had to repent, send it to the cross, and not have condemnation because I had been walking. I mean, I had bought hundreds of dollars worth of shoes. You can only imagine. And so I was really believing that that was going to help my foot. And I'm walking with Jesus and talking with Jesus and praying and worshiping him and meditating on the word of God. But yet I was still complaining about my my foot. I had some stinking thinking in my heart. And so when the Lord rebuked me like that, and I began, I stopped complaining, and I just began to be thankful that my foot is healed. I'm walking three miles, and I'm, my foot is not hurting me, and I don't buy shoes to fit this foot anymore. Amen? So do you understand that? So don't talk failure, and sometimes we can talk failure in the midst of our walking this thing out with the Lord. Amen? So we can do all things in him, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through christ which strengthens me you are more than a conqueror romans 8 verse 37 never speak i can't always speak i can say with me I i can i can so no matter what the storm or the trial is i can i can do all things through christ which strengthens me no matter the battle or the struggle you can do all things in him he's your source of strength he's your ability He's the one that captures you. He's the one that takes the fowler out of the way. He's the one that provides for you. He's the one that's in love with you. He's the one that says, come and sit with me today. I'll take care of everything that you have need of. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Amen? So say, I can. We must, as believers, practice the word of God. We can never prove our faith without the word. So we can never prove that we have faith in God without the Word. It works together. Faith comes by hearing. And by what? Hearing the Word of God. We must allow the Word to have a place in our lives every day. Every day. So that's your fill in there. So we we must allow the Word to have a place in our lives every day. Be a doer of the Word, not hearers only. James one twenty two. And in closing, T.L. Osborne states, faith cannot be built by sympathy. It's only built by acting on the word of God and letting the word live in you as it lived in Jesus. In other words, by doing the word proves your faith. Amen. That makes sense. So you can't can't be built on sympathy. It has to be built upon acting on the word of God. Hallelujah. I love you guys. Stand up with me and let's make a declaration let's see okay so we're gonna speak to our bodies (laughs) because I need this message just like you need it today okay so say father Father, I speak speak to this body body, and I command command this body body to line up up with the Word of God God. father I believe believe that that by your stripes I was was healed healed. father I I believe that the devil is defeated I come against every word, every false advertisement that the devil would bring to me. And I cancel that assignment in my mind gate. I come against every negative report in Jesus' name. And I replace it with the word of God. Father, I thank you. According to 1 John 417 that as he is so am I in this world right now father I believe 1st John 4 4 states that the greater one lives in me therefore I can therefore all things are possible to those that believe now father I thank you for giving me the ability to stand upon your word. And I thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.